So there's a story in the Talmud about a great Tanakh, Rabbi Meir Balanes. And Rabbi Meir Balanes, you could imagine, was amazing because they literally named him Balanes, which means master of miracles. Something unique about a person who can master miracles. And the story goes that his father-in-law, Rabbi Hanina ben Teradian, he was teaching Torah at a time where the Roman Empire did not allow it. If you were caught learning or teaching, you were finished. And unfortunately, his father-in-law was caught, was executed, and his daughter was sent and locked up somewhere. Now, this girl's sister, who was married to Rabbi Meir Balanis, came to him and said, please help my sister. You have to get her out of this situation. It's very problematic. He thought to himself, listen, if she stuck to her emunah and her bitachon and her midot, her values, and she believes and she's good, she kept the mitzvot, the Torah, a miracle will happen and I will be able to save her. I'm going to try to do it. So he goes up to the place where she's locked up and there's a guard standing there. He goes to the guard, the bag of gold coins. He says, listen here, so-and-so is in here. I need to get her out. I'm going to give you this bag of coins. Keep half for yourself and give the rest to the other guards so that I can get out of here says, are you crazy? The Romans, the government will kill me. I can't do that. Also, what happens when I run out of money? Once I run out of money, no more bribes, they're gonna come after me. So what does is, what is Rabbi Meir Balanes say? He says, listen, when you get caught and you're in trouble, just say, the God of Rabbi Meir, answer me. It's not the God left. He says, what's that gonna do for me? That's gonna help me. So now Rabbi Meir is looking around and he sees a cage with big dogs, like Rottweilers, and they're barking and they got Fangs and this, saliva, very dangerous dogs. And uh, he goes up to the cage and he rattles the cage and he throws dirt at the dogs. And now the dogs are uh, angry. They're all riled up. They want to get him. He steps back. He tells the guard, open the gate. The guard says, huh? He says, open the gate. He says, he's going to tear you apart. Open the gate. He opens the gate. The dogs charge him. He yells, the dogs stop short. Like little puppies, they sit and they stop. Now the guards go, okay, give me the flus. <laughs> the guards like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> and by the way, what ended up happening, he got caught, they tried to hang the guard. He said, Al-Akadi, kept ripping, they couldn't hang him. Long story short, the point is, Adimir Balanes got out. He, he got out of the situation. And by the way, this is something we can do today. It's a known thing. If you ever got forbidden danger, you feel you're not safe, you feel you need protection, you're entering a very important situation, you need help, say, Al-Akadi, I mean, say the real word, but say, Al-Akadi, say three times. And then you have it in and Hashem that, that you're going to be taken care of. And, and it's funny, I heard a story from a big rabbi when I was a little boy, when he told me this, because I was going through some, something and he told me, just say these three words before you go, these three, three times before you go to sleep. He said he was once being, a dog was running at him, similar to the Gemara. He said the words and the dog stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got attacked? You got attacked before? <laughs> so, I can go home now. I'm benefited. But, um, but the point is, this is amazing. And by the way, we see this in general with Emunah and Pitachor. We've all experienced in life where like, we really shouldn't have got that business deal or that customer, and somehow we did. Or, or we should have and we didn't, right? Like we always see these types of things that defy logic in life, even with health. I mean, but I know, I know people that have overcome things against the odds. And, uh, and same thing with marriage. You know, there's some people that, who's gonna marry this kid? Who, who's, who's gonna be this person? And then they get married, like, wow, it's perfect. Like, you almost can't believe how we didn't think of this. How we, how we didn't think of this, huh? It takes Hashem. But the point is, these things happen all the time that show us the power of, of spirituality and the power that And just a fun fact with the whole animals thing, the reason why they say it works, the sages, and by the way, in general, 
you really look through Tanakh and Talmud, there's a lot of this, right? Like you had Daniel who was thrown in the pits of lions, hungry lions. They didn't touch him. You had Yosef who was thrown in the pit, right? With the uh, scorpions and things. They didn't touch him. There's a theme a lot in the Torah about this. And the idea, just to give you a little fun fact, the idea is that because when a person has emunah shelemah God, where they really, they're linked. I believe Hashem in od God's running the whole world. No one can take a hero from my head unless Hashem ordains it. What happens is his soul, which was made by Selem Elohim, is now, is now front and center. So the animal sees that, and the animal gets afraid. That's why Adam ruled over the animals. That's why Noah, until he made a mistake, technically wasn't hurt by any of the animals on the Teva. These men had emunah shelema. They truly believed that bitachon, they relied on Hashem. So they were able to face these creatures, which saw them and said, wow, like, this guy is godly. I'm going to stay away from him. Now, here's the challenge for us. The world tries to secularize all this stuff, right? They try to explain it through science. And, and, and I'll tell you what I mean. Take the dog story, for example. And, and just, you know, I, I studied before all this. I studied years of the psychology, the science of the brain, things like that. So I see sort of the links. And I'll give you an example of what someone might say about the dog situation. A dog has certain receptors in its brain. It could sense in its nose and its brain. It could sense fear. These animals are designed to sense when their prey is afraid so they know it's safe for them to attack, right? So what a scientist might say, say, no, this person's standing here. He's saying, uh, because the person truly believes God's going to help him, his cortisol goes down, his testosterone goes up, right? All the hormones, his dopamine, his adrenaline, oh, and the dog senses, oh, this guy, okay, this guy's not afraid of me. He's chemically stronger than me, and I'm not going to back off. Right, because there's something called you know little dog syndrome, and there's a little dog barking at like a lion, and you wonder this dog's crazy. So there's a, there's a thing where there's something that dog has something off where it just it thinks it's bigger than it is. So that's the opposite. But what I'm talking about is there are cases where a creature once it senses that something is not afraid of it, it will back off. Right. So scientists see what they're doing there. They're they're explaining something. That's one example. Another example is is personal prayer. Right. When we speak to Hashem. If we do it in a certain way, and there's a lot of books I could recommend on how to do it the specific way, you will see results. You just will. You will change. If you say, Hashem, help me become the person I need to become to accomplish this, to do this. You visualize what you want, and you work with Hashem to get there, right? Many times the person gets there. What science would say is very simple, neuroplasticity. There's a concept in neurology where basically your brain can change. As you visualize and as you repeat something over and over, your brain creates new neural pathways that over time, that keep, they keep shooting through that same path that your brain literally changes shape and gets you to change as a person, which changes your thought, speech, and deed, which lead to the result. So again, there's science to explain everything, but why am I telling you this? Because science is just an explanation of observed spiritual experience. That's, that's, I'm gonna repeat it, because that's a line that, science is an explanation of observed spiritual experience, meaning all science is really doing is describing the means through which Hashem is making miracles happen. Because at the end of the day, for Hashem to perform a random miracle where there's no cause and effect, to merit that is, Hashem rarely does that. That's very rare. Even in history, it was rarely done. That's why the Yetzirah Mitzrayim was such a big deal. And Purim was the opposite. Hashem literally used natural effects that if you read at any point the Megillah in isolation, you'd say there's nothing special going on here. Meanwhile, the accumulation and the composition of everything that happened led to the miracle. That's more of the type of, of, of reality we live in. And Chovot Levavot, written a thousand years ago before any good scientist uh, published anything, he said cause and effect is the means through which Hashem creates the world and, and performs miracles. And, 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 that's, and I just wanted to bring that up because 
it's gonna be the same thing with death, which, which we're gonna to get to. And I'm calling it death because that's the scientific explanation of it. And just to talk a little bit more about the life piece where we can at least understand what I'm talking about is take a fruit tree. Scientists would say, okay, you take a seed, put the seed in the ground, it rots, cracks open. And then what happens is the soil has certain minerals and vitamins and the sun has this and the water, and then the tree comes out and then the fruit pops out and then you pop the fruit out, you eat it, the seeds, you plant it again. That's right, they explain it very simply. Let me ask you a question. Okay, you just explained that to me scientifically. But here's my question, how? What do you mean how, I just explained to you. No, no, how is it possible you take a tiny little black something, put it in the ground, it rots in dirt, sun and rainwater combine to build a massive tree, an apple pops out, which happens to be beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's red, it has the skin on it to protect the juices within it, you crunch and it's crunchy, but yet it's juicy, and it happens to be good for me. It nourishes me. My body knows what to do with it. And then inside of it are a bunch of those things, little black things, which when you plant, make more trees with more fruit, with more of those seeds. It's insane. Scientists say, no, no, because it, okay, but, but explain to me how. So they're just explaining what they're observing. They're not explaining the miracle. And that's because you can't. It's spiritual. It, 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 you, you can't explain it. It's miraculous. Same thing with birth, which I don't even get into the details. How does two people come together and a baby form inside a person and then comes out of the person with more DNA that's capable of combining with another person to then create? It's unbelievable. So the point is we live in a spiritual world with miracles all day, every day, but because we're immersed in the physical and because we're seeing it every day, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that sometimes. If we put a seed in the ground and all of a sudden the guy popped out, we'd go crazy. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? And go the other way. Why is it so amazing? Because people aren't rising from the dead every day. If people were rising from the dead every day, we wouldn't be. So, so that's something important to understand. And, and what I'm going to segue this into is the concept of death. Science leaves death at just that because it can't observe anything. There's nothing to observe. In the physical sense, the person's heart stops beating, their lungs stop working, the brain powers down, and it's just a person. So when science is observing it, Oh, okay, yeah, I guess the person turns off. You put them in the ground, it's blackness forever, and that's it, it's finished. Because they, 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 they can't possibly see what's going on inside. And then what about, and then how do they explain, oh, what about the people who have died and have come back? Where even the paramedics say, no, the guy was dead and he's back. And the guy says, I saw lights, and I saw this, and I saw this person, and this person told me in flashbacks. What do the scientists, oh, because oh, what happens is when you die, the adrenaline and the dopamine, it sends electricity through the brain so that you experience this, and then... Eh, they're explaining the cause and effect that Hashem is using to create a miracle. And, and, and that's, and that's the, the, the introduction to what we're going to talk about tonight. Because the whole idea is, if we go to the scientists for the physical, we really shouldn't rely on the spiritual. They're two different subjects. If someone's having a physical debate, they shouldn't, they shouldn't try to use that as an argument to argue against the spiritual. They're two totally separate things. You want to talk about physical? Go to, go to the scientists. If you want to talk about spiritual, go to the Chachamim. We'll leave that to the Chachamim. Don't try to explain spiritual things and things like that. Go to the Chachamim. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So let's talk about a soul in general. Well, what is a soul? It's a topic that's extremely deep and you could go all over the place. But the basic essence is a soul is a piece of Hashem. We each have a piece of the Creator inside of us. Digest that. We have a piece of the Creator, the entire universe, inside of us which means we have something that is infinite, indestructible, all-powerful, and all-potential, meaning to do anything, inside of us. And the reason that's a very important thing to ponder, even though technically 
it's not really where we're going with the with the conversation. The reason I need to point that out is because it will if if you ju- if if we just walk out with this concept where we digest this, our entire lives will change. You'll look at your obstacles differently. You'll look at your challenges differently. You'll look at your goals differently. You'll look at yourself differently. You will change the way you perceive life and what you got to deal with. Because when you face something and then you remind yourself, I have God inside of me, there's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I cannot do. Hashem gave you himself in you. It's crazy. Now the piece that, that's, that we're gonna use from everything I'm saying to go, to continue in the conversation is the fact that it's indestructible, meaning, I don't even wanna say it's God forbid, but can Hashem die? No, which means our soul can never die, which means we can never die, because the body is just the car. The driver, yeah, the car breaks down, the driver steps right out, he walks the rest of the way. Right, the car breaks down, does the guy go, oh, no, he gets out of the car. The soul will live on, the soul cannot be destroyed. So that, that's a very, very important thing that we need to understand. And what is the Ramchal saying? This is why we need to believe in ourselves. And this is why I opened with saying I believe everyone's special. It's not just some cute machine. Oh, it's so nice. No, no, no. This is spiritual fact that's been written way before we were born. Ramchal says Hashem today runs the universe, or I'll say the planet, because humans, as we know, are here for now. Hashem runs the world using us as conduits to get things done, right? We're like pipes, meaning Hashem's the water, and Hashem uses us as the pipes to get the water to where it needs to go. Which means Hashem creates a person for a specific purpose. And the person that's born is meant to do a specific task for Hashem. So what we need to do is realize this. Okay, I've got inside of me. I'm here for a very specific reason. Hashem wants to use me to accomplish things. What is it that I'm going to accomplish? I'll give you a hint. I, re- I recommend that everyone reach out to Bita Honey talks about it. I'll give you a hint. It's usually something you enjoy. It's usually something you're good at. It's usually something that you're healthy or you're potentially able to get to your best self doing. These are the signs, right? A person says, how do I know this job's not for me? Well, if your marriage is falling apart, your health's falling apart, and you have no spirituality, you know the job's not for you. So that's just a little bit of an idea also to think about is that we are conduits to Hashem. But, but, but let's keep going. The reason this is gonna be relevant to us is because we're gonna see how what we do is actually connected to the honorable woman that we're commemorating today. Where we're, connect- we're linked, we're completely linked to her, it's no question. She's still here, and, and, and we'll get there. So let's, let's, so what do we say? We need to go to the Chachamim. So let's, let's start with Chachamim, Rambam. Let's see what he writes here. Rambam in Mishneh Torah, he, he, he basically talks about life after life, which I love that. I saw that, I'm like, wow, it's a great, it's not life after death, he calls it life after life, Rambam. And when he's describing Moshe's passing, because that's how he opens his Mishneh Torah, what is he saying? This was his death for us, since he was lost to us, but life for him, in that he was elevated to him. As our sages, peace be upon them, said, Moses, our master, did not die. Rather, he ascended and is serving on high. That's a nice rhyme. (laughs) So basically, Moshe's soul just went to the next place. He didn't go anywhere. He left the room that we're in, but he went into the next room. And what does the Zohar say? Which the Zohar, we all know, is the mysticism. It's the Kabbalistic head of, 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 of our religion. The Zohar says that for truly righteous people... Not only does the soul live on in a world apart from our own, right? Like the Rambam said. But it is actually forever connected to the world in which it once lived. I just got goosebumps, sorry. They actually share in the experience of life in this world. They are aware of what's going on here. They feel our pain and pray for us. Just got another wave of the goosebumps. Because this is not, this is real. This is not, we're not, uh, 
This isn't a cute, inspirational, motivational class. I feel good. We gotta understand this is real. Like we have to really digest the fact that this is real. This is crazy. This is crazy. You're telling me that people that that were in my past, in my life, or they're still with me, and and they're and they're aware of me, and I'm, and I can influence them, which we're not there yet. But like digest this. Now, now this was the piece I was telling you I was going crazy about. It happens to be from our parasha. The source for the Zohar to prove this point comes from our parasha. Watch this. Where is it? Okay, the pasuk says. Our forefathers descended to Egypt and we dwelled in Egypt many years and the Egyptians did evil to us and to our forefathers. Our forefathers were never in Egypt. Yaakov, fine. But Yaakov died before the slavery. Our forefathers were never in Egypt. Rashi catches it. What does he say? The Egyptians did evil to us. Sablenu sarot rabot. We suffered many travails. Ul abotenu and to our forefathers. Mikan. From here we see, sheha abot mistaarim bakever that the patriarchs feel pain in the grave. Keshe puranut baa al Yisrael when punishment comes upon Israel. And then, by the way, this commentary that says they also they also celebrate with us. They feel our, they feel our happiness. But but what's the point? It's right here. It's right here. It says it here. A thousand years ago, Rashi wrote it, and three thousand years ago, the Torah wrote it. It's here. And it's from this parasha that we happen to move the yurt side to. It's amazing. And, and another, another thing, like I was saying, like Moshe is still here. He's just in a different room. I, that wasn't mine. Chafetz Chaim, he had a neighbor. And the neighbor says, Chafetz Chaim believes in Olam Haba. And I believe in Olam Haba. In Olam Haba. The difference between us is that to the Chafetz Chaim, Olam Haba is as real as the room next door. This is how the Sadiqim lived. It was all one to them. There was no... Uh, it was all one to them. Like to us, it's like Olam Abba. It's such a weird concept. We barely even think about it. Maybe it spooks us out. Maybe it excites us out. Who knows? But it's real. Something else interesting about the parasha, where I said it's the only yurt site in the Torah, it reveals something amazing. Bear with me here, because I want to, I'm going to read the Pesukim to you. So this is Hashem telling Moshe what to do now, because it's Aharon's time to leave the physical earth. Kach et Aharon ve'et Elazar beno ve'alotam horachad. Take Aharon and Elazar, his son, and bring them to the mountain of Hor. Take Aharon's clothing, meaning the, the, the Kohen Gadol clothing, and dress Elazar, his son. Aharon will be brought in there to die. Moshe did reset. He took off his clothing, and he gave it to Elazar. Okay, so then basically Moshe did did uh, did what he said. Now, before I ask my question on this pasuk, I'm just going to share what Rashi says here because uh, I think it creates a lot of emotion, and it's it's a nice thing to let's relive the the passing of the Sadiq. I mean, it's an amazing. It's an amazing thing. Et Bagadav is garments. Et the garments of the high priesthood. Which, by the way, it wasn't just, it's not just like our clothing. Like the, the garments of the priesthood, it, it, it was a part of Aharon. It was attached to his soul. So this is a very, this is a wild thing. And I think the Midrash says Moshe was crying. Like Hashem said, like, take, like, you're going to have to take the clothes, take it off of it. Like that, once that's off, he knows it's sort of over. He'll be Shahu. Okay, he was dressed to them. He pishtam me'alav. He removed them from him. Let the tamit benot to give them to his son Befanav in his presence. So that was my first question. Why? 
why you why you have to bring his son and why are you taking it off and putting it on his son? Let the man pe- like like just let the man pass away in the clothing. Like, come on, it, it, his whole life he, he's so proud. It's a part of his soul. I just told you. Let Aharonas let let, let uh, the Aharonakwen pass away with his clothing on. It was a beautiful bed made up for him. So there was a big miracle for the Sadiq to die in peace. There was a beautiful lamp that was lit. Please go on the bed. Allah, he laid on the bed. He said, stretch out your hands. Aaron stretched it out. Please close your mouth. He closed his mouth. Close your eyes, he closed them immediately. Hamad Moshe Mita. Moshe desired that death. Moshe desired that death. Imagine this is what he's thinking as his brother's passing away. He says, I want to die like this. And this is the meaning of what was said to him later on. As Aaron, your brother died, you will die. The death that you long for. Okay. He closed his eyes and then, and then it was finished. And his son was there with the clothing on. Here's my question. What's going on here? Like, like, take his clothing, give it to his son, make sure his son puts it on first, then tell him to get on the bed. Okay, so this is how we're going to answer this question. The Chachamim say, there's a, there's, a, there's a quote where they say, a son is the leg of his father. The leg of his father. It's a funny thing. Uh, why not the hand? I say, right? You do things with your hands. It's what to the hands. The tefillin, the tzedakah. Usually it's your hands. The legs, okay, maybe you run to shul, but the leg of the father? The answer is very simple. In this world, we're known as mehachim. We can walk. It means spiritually. We can grow. We can do mitzvot. We can learn Torah. We can improve our midot. We can grow right? We can improve. Mehachim. We have legs. In the next world, it's omidim. Why? You can't grow anymore. And by the way, that's why the halakha is, if God forbid a person's life at risk, they say, put the Torah away. I mean, of course, you have the three, idol worship, murder, like, but putting that aside, you basically put the Torah away to save your life. And you might think it's the opposite. Why? You're telling me Allah Habba is the place to be. You're telling me Shekhinah. You're telling me God, the light, the Sadiqim, they're, they're, they're happy. They're, why wouldn't I want to be there? Because at the end of the day, the way you show up is the way you stay. The infinity. The only place you can grow is here. Until you come back. Until, oh, now we're getting into other side. I didn't research that. So don't, don't bring that up. I didn't. <laughs> But, but you understand the point, is that you come back where to the physical, the point is this world is where you, can, where you, you act. And this comes from a pasuk in Avi, where it's uh, Yeshua ben Yehotzadak, and by the way, the only reason I included this, it's not, you don't need to know this. Again, I think Hashem works in amazing ways. I heard this pasuk five times in the last two weeks. I'm not joking. It was the Haftarah, then it was in Shana Bittahon, and then it was, maybe it was in Rabbi Rush's book I'm reading, and now it was here for this, it's, it's just amazing. So I feel like if Hashem sent it to me again, I'll share it. Basically, Hashem was blessing this Navi, the only Navi to ever be told anything about Allah, where he says, I'm going to grant you strides, meaning Mehalchim, among these who remain standing on Deem, uh, the angels. Basically, he witnessed, this Navi was able to see heaven and saw the angels standing. Hashem said, you're going to actually be walking amongst them. You'll be the only person in existence to be able to rise here. But anyway, the point is, you can't rise there. You can only rise here. That's why we are better than the angels. It's not even something that we can, that we can question. It's a fact. Like Allah says, it's four worlds. There's, there's many more, but there's four main worlds we're aware of. Uh, the world that the human soul came from is above the world where the angels were created from. So just know you're better than the angels. It's a fact. And it shouldn't be surprising because I just said your soul is a part of Hashem. But I'm just saying, like, 
we have to understand this. Like we wake up and like we're struggling to exercise, we're struggling to get our health in order, the diet, how am I gonna do it, work, I'm scared, make money, children, health challenges. You have God inside of you, have faith. You're strong, you're better than the angels. They're jealous of you, the angels look down, they say, how does mere mortal flesh and blood withstand all this and do all this? We need to remember that. But anyway, not to, not to digress, that's why the son is called the leg of the father, because what we do here actually helps them rise up there. The people down here are the legs for the people up there. What we do here helps them up there. And I'm going to read it from the text so you see that it's, it's, it's true. Kitur Shulchan Aruch. This is what it says. Although reciting Kaddish and leading the prayers greatly benefits the soul of one's parents, they are not the primary means for elevating their souls. So this is crazy. Pause right there. It's not the primary means. Think about how serious we think of Kaddish. There's people that never prayed in their life or never went to school in their life and they do it just for the Kaddish. He's saying that's not the main. What is essential is that the children follow the proper path for through this they provide merit to their parents. Now, let me say, you have to do the Kaddish. It's very important. It's, it's, it's for the sake of emphasis. We're not saying, oh, I'm not going to do the Kaddish. now. I'll just be a good person. No, no, no. You have to do what you have to do. But he's saying here, the path that we take in our lives, the decisions we make, the way we speak, the way we think, the way we act, the adult we have, the things we do, that's what matters. And what does the Holy Zohar say? This is a whole different angle. He's talking, the Zohar is talking about kibud avayim. Honor your father and your mother is explained to mean to honor them with food and drink and all other forms of honor in which one is obligated during his parents' lifetime. However, it is wrong to suggest that this obligation ends with their death. For although one's parents have died, if a son follows the proper path, he makes it possible for his parents' continued elevation in the next world. It's crazy. If his actions are correct, this certainly accords honor to his father among people on this world and before Hashem in the next world. Hashem will have mercy on his father and accord him an honorable place. So we're learning that if we do good deeds, whether our ancestors and loved ones who passed, in mind, uh, passed away in mind or not, whether we're thinking about them or not, you don't even need the kavanah, oh, I'm doing this to my ancestor. No, no, you bring them elevation. You bring them elevation, without whether, you, whether you know it or not. And that's why Haron wanted his son to take the clothing before he passed. I want to see with my own eyes that my son is going to put on the kehuna, the, the, the big day, kohen like I did, and he's going to follow in my path and do the good deeds. Hashem sent this idea. I, 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 why, why? Let, let him pass away in it. Let him pass. Now, now, someone might, now, rabbi, someone who knows, you know, real goods might say, no, no, because if the guy died, now it's tamed, you can't touch him, the clothing, so listen, I don't... I don't know if that's why. I'm just, I'm connecting it. I'm just, it's something that I'm connecting to what we're talking about. Or maybe, or maybe it's both, right? The Torah has 70 faces. It could be both. I, I just believe there's something here. There's truth. I think that I don't being able to see my son is following my path. My son is going to pick up where I left the wolf. He's going to keep walking. He's going to be my whole team for me. And he's going to be my leg so that in the next world, I'll keep going. Because by the way, the Sadiqim never believed they were finished. So I might say, nah, I don't couldn't have been thinking that. He's Aaron. He's done. Let him, let him pass away. He did. He, he couldn't, could he have achieved anything better? They don't think that way. I want to keep growing. So that's probably one of the reasons why that was, uh, that was what was done. Now, the Yortzai, we have to know, which I know the actual Yortzai passed, but it doesn't matter because we're still commemorating. It's the time period. Again, it's the Kavanah anyway. It's very powerful because it's a special opportunity for the soul to be promoted even further. Every year, the time that the person passed away, they actually bring the soul back in front of the tribunal, the, the, the tribune, the courts, and they check if the person is due for a promotion spiritually. There's really levels, like there's worlds. There's different palaces, there's different, uh, there's different uh, places of learning. Like, there's different, like if you get into the Kabbalah, it's really, it's wild, like what they say is up there. But the point is, 
it's a time where the person could elevate. So now when they look down and they say, oh my God, the family's saying that I hope for the person. The family's trying to improve for the person. They're, they're commemorating the person. They're talking about the person. And by the way, that's why your sites, which I never knew this, I think it's very interesting. That's why your sites to talk about the person. It's not only to make the person feel good. It's so that the people in the crowd can learn more about the good points of this person, the midot, and then try to do them themselves, which I thought was amazing. Imagine that concept. You have a little great grandkid who never met this person, but he's listening how his great grandma was, or great grandpa, or whatever the case is, and he can now take that quality that he just learned about his great grandfather or great grandmother and implement it. And now his implementation of that is helping the soul of the, of the deceased, I and mean, that's wild. And I, the reason I relate to that personally is my, my great grandfather, who is the chief rabbi, Chamiyakov Katsin, everyone talks crazy stories, and you don't know how he was, and he passed away six months before I was born. And when I was a little kid, I was always, it always upset me because I'm telling you, anytime I asked anyone about him, he, everyone was just like, cause I'm like, wow, I can't believe. And it's crazy because over years, you could ask my wife, like I started feeling connected to him. Like I, I started to feel like I knew him and I know him. Of course, you know, I have to read his book. I read some of his writings. I have to ask a lot of questions. I have to hear a lot of stories. I have to pray to Hashem. I have to, I have to you know, have a painting of him in my, in my office. I look at like, but, but I feel connected to him. I truly do. And it's weird because like in a way I'm learning from him and I never even met, I never even met him. So the point is that you know, by us just continuing to grow and improve ourselves, um, we can help. We can help the the, the next world. Um, and the last point that I just want to make, because I think this is very important, because at the end of the day, like, listen, what we said is very nice. It really is. It's very nice. The mind can understand it. I hope parts of it reach the heart because it is something that's moving. At least it was to me. But I want, I want us all, I, anytime I, I share something like this, I, I, my goal is to always leave it where, where there's something you take action on, like where I have information in my brain that I can, I can, I can use, right? Because we live in, the, in a time where the problem isn't information, it's inaction, right? It's very, it's good, we can know everything, we know everything. But the problem is it's very hard to take action on what we know. So I'll tell you this, I think, I think the most special thing, and, and I'm gonna do this myself, is we should have kavanah that we wanna, we, we wanna grow as people. And not only for ourselves, because that's very obvious, we wanna grow ourselves for ourselves because we'll live better lives. And not only for our wives and children, our husbands and children, right? Because we also wanna grow for our families. I mean, we know they'll live better lives if we're better. We, they're, they're product of us, right? Like the number one rule of parenting is clean your own act up, right? Like every chacham says that, every sage says that. It's written from thousands years ago to 200 years ago to today. Right? If you refine yourself, your children are designed spiritually, which is a whole other class, which I, I love, but they're literally designed to mirror you, kids. They're designed to mirror you. So with, at the end of the day, you could pound whatever you want into their heads. They're going to they're gonna be who you are. That's, that's, just, that's, just, that's just what it is. Um, I want to understand it. And they also say that about your spouse. Your spouse is your mirror. A lot of times what you see in your spouse is something you need to refine in yourself. But anyway, what's my point? We should also think about improving ourselves for the deceased, for, for the physically deceased, right? For our ancestors who did so much for us. And, and knowing that we can also affect that, think about the power that gives us. I just told you it is a spiritual law. Like if I told you gravity, we're going to try to, I'm going to try to change gravity on it. I'm going to get rid of gravity. People would say, it's, the guy's sick. He's sick. People are saying a guy getting a rocket ship to the moon is sick. Imagine a guy says, I'm getting rid of gravity. There is a spiritual law. You cannot rise in who you are and what you are in the heavens. The angels, the angels, they have their tasks. That's all it is. You can break that law here. You can break 
50 break that low here. It's crazy. So how do we do it? How do we do it? Going back to what we said before. Realizing what we have inside of us. We have great potential. Yitzhara is the one that tells you, oh, you can't do it. You don't know how to do it. Who needs you? You're replaceable. If I was replaceable, I wouldn't be breathing. Hashem doesn't create anything for nothing. Nothing's a waste. Hashem doesn't just create a person just to, uh, oh, I'm going to create a person. I'm bored. No, no. I'm creating this person with this specific soul because this, this person is going to do something that no one else can do. We have to realize that. And we have to have faith in ourselves. And guess what? We're going to fall and fail. We're going to fall and fail. King Solomon says the Sadiq falls X amount of times and gets up again, right? I mean, that's a, that's a fact. The greater the person, the greater the fall. The greater the rise. This is all subjects that, I mean, I, we could be here for hours, but, but it's, and I have audios on it, looking up, this book's Rabbi Arush, look it up, and, and you'll get all this, and it's just the co-op to keep going, but there's something I printed that I wanted to show you that was so interesting. So there's a book called Atomic Habits, which is a secular book, by the way, and um, he, he, uh, it's a good question, honestly, I didn't write it down, I'm sorry. Well, you're keeping me on my toes here. I like that. I almost made it out, by the way. There's like two minutes left. I just got blew up right at the end. It's great. It's good. No, no, I'm kidding. It's all good. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to... It's my ancestors now. Oh, okay. So anyway. So he talks about this concept of teeny gains. Compounded teeny gains. And he says mathematically, if you improve 1% every day, by the end of the year, you improved 32%. And it's crazy because he says that's why, like, it's a trap, and the answer that says, oh, it's, what's one, cig- one more cigarette? What's it gonna do? You're right, that day, one cigarette might not do anything to you that day. But it compounds. And another example he gives, which I, which I love, is he talks about, I think, the melting point of ice, which I don't remember the exact number. Let's just make leaves 32. 32 and a half, do you know? <laughs> oh, God, okay, no, I'm just saying. So anyway, so he talks about the melting point of ice, and he says, imagine there's ice on the table. 40 degrees, nothing's happening. 39 degrees, nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, at the thing, it melts, it starts to melt. He goes, what happened here? Was that slow, slow, slow. Or what about Rabbi Akiva? Does everyone know the story of how, what made Rabbi Akiva want to take on the, the religion? He, was, he came from converts. He knew nothing. He was maybe 40 years old. And he was walking, and correct me if I'm wrong, he saw a stone with a hole in it. And he's looking at the stone and he's like, what, what was strong enough to drill a hole into the stone? And then all of a sudden he hears a, he looks up, little water dropping, boop, little droplets, boop. And he's like, wow. So one droplet hitting a stone means nothing, but consistent droplets better every day. I'm going to be better today. I'm going to be better today. I'm going to be better today. Battle just that. Don't worry about tomorrow. How am I going to do this? How am I going to not have caffeine for a month? Don't have caffeine today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Every day you make a hole. So anyway, so this is the graph. This is actually the graph. I know it looks like I made it on paint. Like I drew it. I didn't draw it. This is actually a graph. And this is if you stay the same. This is if you improve 1% every day. By the end of the year, you end up here. It's pretty wild. It's in my office. This is in your office? So who's the author? You didn't save me. Oh, you don't know either. Okay, I'm good. So, so, this, so this is a crazy concept, which means we don't have to feel like we're leaving here and the, the world's on our shoulders. I got to change my whole life. I got to uproot everything. I don't know what I'm doing. I got to change this, this, this. No, no, no. Pick one item and go 1% every day. I'll give you another thing I found, which is fascinating. They were saying if an airplane starts here and shifts one degree, it ends up here. 
And if you look at it on a protractor, same idea. Straight, if you move one degree, look how it's already, so imagine five. So the point is little things, little things. The soul is a piece of Hashem. It can't be destroyed. It has infinite potential. It lives on forever. Grow 1% every day. And uh, let me just make sure I'm not uh, pushing it here. Okay, they said 45 minutes. It's 42 minutes. I'm good. So I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with a blessing. First of all, it's so nice to meet everyone here. I want to say that. I know I, I've met some of you from the past. I know whoever I do know here, amazing souls. Whoever I don't know here, if you're connected, must be amazing souls. The first interactions, amazing. So, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here. And I just I want to pray that Hashem blesses all of us with the koach and the chizuk to be able to take what we learned, take it from the brain, put it in the heart, take it from the heart, and put it into the legs. So I'm saying the hands, usually the legs, because we're walking here. We're walking here. And, and, and let's take advantage and let's realize the miracle that we're breathing, that we're alive. We're so lucky. We've got to take advantage. It's like something I've been pondering and I, and I talked to my wife about it. Like, how, like when we think this way, how could we ever just sit and watch a movie or like scroll Instagram or talk Lashon Allah with people and just got like, how could we ever do that? If like, there's so much we could do, there's so much to do. By the way, there is more inside of us than we have what to do with it. There, 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 there is more within us than the time we've been allocated allows for us to use. It's crazy. Like if we go home and we really ponder this fact that like we have, oh, I wasn't looking at you this whole time. Are you kidding me? Sorry. No, that's, I gotta take notes. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't look at my wife, but I look at her all the time. So I, I just feel like, okay, that's something to learn. Next time I gotta make sure I'm scanning everyone. Wow. Guys, like, come on. We have such crazy skills within us. We gotta use it. We gotta think of ideas and take action on it. And all it takes is one step. I promise you, I promise you, one step, just doing it, starting it, in a year from now, if you just have blind faith, say, you know what, I'm gonna do this, not even for a year, say I'm gonna do this for 30 days. I'm gonna do this for 60 days. I'm gonna do this for 90 days. Today. I, I'm gonna, yeah, today, meaning I'm starting today and I'm gonna do it for, I'm gonna do it today. yeah, yeah, I'm doing it now, today but I'm gonna to stick to it for 90 days, and I promise you, in 90 days, you're gonna be a different person. I'm not joking. And you're gonna look back, and you're not gonna believe you did it. I, gu- I guarantee it, it's not a question. And the reason I'm, I'm confident to promise you is because it's something, it's, it's like gravity, it's a spiritual fact. If you take the action now, and, and, and you really do Yehishtadu, and you have faith in God and in the soul inside of you, you're gonna do things, you're gonna shock yourself. You're gonna shock yourself. Shock. And there's gonna be major falls, gonna be a lot of darkness and difficulty because they don't just open the gate to the treasury you got to fight for it but if you stick to it it's, it's unbelievable and that's how the, the the people that came before us did it and 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 the, the people that we're commemorating they, they were no different than us I, I promise you they're no different than us no, and the reason again i can promise the baal shem tov said it nachman said it they said we only got to where we got to because of what we put in abraham avinu why is the torah telling us the torah wouldn't tell us okay the Torah gives us a mitzvah, it's because it knows it can be done. The Torah can't give you a mitzvah, it's impossible. So for example, when the mitzvah, so this is, that's the idea I use to let's say, explain to people how you can make yourself happy, right? Because the Torah says you have to be happy on Shabbat, you have to be happy on the holidays. That must mean you're in control because otherwise how could it be a mitzvah to be happy? So that's one example. But the point is the stories of the avot, they're being told to us in a certain way because we can have those qualities. Now, am I telling you you're gonna be like, Abraham Abino? I hope so, that would be unbelievable. But even if you fall short and you make it 2% there, it's unbelievable. Ram Avinu was a giant. So, so we have to realize also, what, what, what's another thing? And then I'm going to end with this. I'm going to conclude with this. Another part of the Kabbalah is 
yes, your soul is a part of Hashem, but it's also a part of other souls. Meaning, you can have a quality of your grandfather, right? Like you can, like you can have a piece of his soul that was his chesed. You could have a piece of his soul that's his uh, math skills. Like you know, sometimes like say, oh, he got his grandfather's brain in math. Or, oh, he got his. Uh, he got his father's vocabulary. He got his great-grandfather's cooking skills. Like, ever hear those expressions? It's because you get a piece of your ancestor. Now, science said genetics, but it's the same idea. The point is you can... So what did the sages say? We have Avraham Avinu in us. And the sages say that when you surprise yourself, like, do you guys ever surprise yourself? Like, sometimes, like, you almost... I know sometimes we surprise ourselves to the negative, which... Unless I'm, I'll speak for myself. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I, oh, wow, I didn't know that flaws in me, or like, I have to work on that. But do you guys ever surprise yourself sometimes where you're like, wow, like, I didn't know I could do, like, I didn't know I had, like, uh, like you impressed yourself? That's, that's the piece that came from a higher, from a greater source. That's the Abraham and you, the Yitzchak and the Yaakov and you. The sages say that's why the Jewish people have such innate, inherent imunah, because they came from Abraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov. How could you not? So anyway, I'm going to end with the blessings. I do, I sidetrack myself. And if you don't throw me out or stick a chicken in my mouth, I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> but but um, I pray that all of us have the power and the chizuk to implement our, our greatest dreams and our greatest goals. I pray that we can be happy doing what we're doing, passionate about doing what we're doing, that's healthy for us to be doing what we're doing. And I pray that we can all feel that we're living fulfilling lives and meaningful lives and purposeful lives and that we're, we're, we're on the path to becoming the people we want to be. And, and, and I pray that at 120, when our soul moves on to a much greater place, we look back and we say, we did it. The same way Ahaman was able to say that. Amen. 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 Thank you.